welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So if you would please, let's open up our Bibles first and foremost to Genesis, the book of Genesis. This is Vision Sunday, and you'll know a little bit more about what that means in just a minute. Genesis chapter 13. So what we're going to talk about for the remaining time, we're going to talk about it in a specific area today because of it being Vision Sunday. But the things we're going to talk about apply to every area of your life, whether you're needing healing uh, relief from depression or anxiety, whether you're needing, uh, you know, healed up from a broken heart or, you know, whatever area you're struggling with, what you're going to hear today is 100% perfect for any area of your life. We're focusing on some things in one specific area today, but understand these principles work in every area of your life and they powerfully work and they bring great miracles and things on the scene that you can't get any other way. So Genesis chapter 13, if I had to title the message today, I reckon it would be this. What do you see? What do you see about your life, your future? What what do you see ahead? What what are you seeing uh, before you? In here, what kind of pictures do you have of you three years from now, of you ten years from now? What What do you look? God gave you an imagination for a reason. Right? Images on the inside are because God created us that way. Imaginations are good or they can be terrible. Depending on what you're feeding on, listening to, watching. But my question to you is, what do you see the next 12 months looking like? Because whether you realize it or not, what you see right now on the inside of you has a lot to do with what you're going to see outwardly the next 12 months. The greatest forces in life are spiritual. They're not even mental. They're spiritual. And Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's talking about your spirit, not your, you know, where food goes. And the book of Proverbs says, we, we, usually, we usually read Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, which says, my son, my daughter, God said, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings, which is what we're doing right now. Don't let God's words depart from your eyes. Keep God's words in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Next verse says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart or your spirit flows the issues of life. So if you want to see a change out here, something different's got to go on in here and come out of here. Are you following me? And so... What do you see the next 12 months looking like? Because what you see right now has a lot to do with what you're going to physically see in 12 months from now or within 12 months from now. Very important to get your spiritual powers working on your future and not just let happen what happens. Come on, we're either letting things happen or we're making things happen. And Jesus has done so much for us. He's given us so much. He's equipped us powerfully that we should be making some things happen in our life with the abilities he's given us. All right, so I want to show you some of that today. So Genesis chapter 13, anybody remember a guy named Abraham? (laughs) The father of faith. I love Abraham. Going to be really cool meeting him when we get to heaven. Um, Just father of the faith, what can you say? 
So in Genesis 13, and this is before his name was changed to Abraham. It's, he's Abram here. But I want you to notice in Genesis 13, in verse 14, it said, The Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, his nephew took off to Sodom and Gomorrah. God said to Abram, lift up now your eyes and look from the place wherein you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. God said in verse 15, for all the land which you see will I give it into your children forever. God had to get Abraham seeing more than what he was seeing. Come on, if God's going to be able to give you more, he's got to get you to see more so he can give you more. There's one thing about the Lord. He's not going to make anybody receive anything, including salvation. He will do everything in his power to get you to see, to get you to reach out and take, but when it comes right down to it, God can't take for you. You're going to have to take what he's provided. He's not pushy like the enemy. He, he, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come, drink of the waters of life freely. It's always an invitation. And so don't think it's just going to happen because God wants it to happen. God wanted to bless Abram, but he had to get Abraham seeing something. This is Vision Sunday. We're talking about seeing something. What do you see the next 12 months of your life looking like? And at the end of 12 months, where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? Now, we're not just going to pull things out of thin air. We're going to ask ourselves some serious questions today. Where do we want to be 12 months from now? And then we're going to find scriptures to back up what we want. And then we're going to pray in faith, just reminding God of what he already said. Come on, don't ever forget this. So everybody wants to know how to pray effective prayers. How do you think it's time we get answers to our prayers and not just pray religiously, like, you know, go through the motions, check the box. I prayed my prayers. How do you think it's time we get results? Amen. Well, let me tell you effective Let me tell you what effective praying is. How about a drum roll? <laughs> effective praying is finding scriptures. And praying according to what God already said. Effective praying is taking God's own word into his presence when you pray and saying, God, you said. Now, guys, I didn't know for 21 years of my life how I was being ripped off, smacked around by the enemy, the storms of life, sickness and disease, fear and oppression and all kinds of stuff. I had no idea that my answers were in this book. I had no idea. I grew up in the Catholic Church. We were never encouraged to bring our Bibles and I don't know. I, I mean, the Holy Spirit touched me a few times there and, and I got some good things there, but um, I, I, I needed way more. I, I, real, I finally realized that this book was not just written for the priests to read on Sunday. This was written for every believer who wanted to get out of the mess they're in, get on the road to heaven, get out of depression, get out of fear, get out of premature death. I had no idea how powerful these words were until I really got saved and started listening to proper teaching and reading it for myself. I tell you, I could say just like King David in the book of Psalms, Psalm 119, if God's word had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. 
Can anybody else say that's their testimony? If God's word had not been, there's been times I have gone through some of the hairiest stuff you can imagine. There was one time I was on my face in my study at home. I had one Bible over here and one Bible over here, reading two of them at the same time. I, it, it sounds strange, but I, I just I couldn't turn fast enough. I had to see them both at the same time. I got through it. We have gotten through things. Me and Carla, our family, our church, we've gotten through things you're not supposed to make it through. And I'm nobody special. Just because I'm three feet higher than you right doesn't mean I'm higher than you. We're all the same. I have to live exactly the same way you got to live, by faith in this word. I'm anointed to preach. I have an anointing on me, an empowerment to teach and to help you as a pastor. But when it comes to everyday living, I have no special power. I have no special anointing, but we all have the same power and the same book right here. And if we'll walk by faith in these words, you'll come out of every problem. Even things doctors said you weren't supposed to make it out of. We've got testimony of people being healed of things they were supposed to die of. People delivered from things that you're supposed to never get delivered from. Aren't you glad that we have this book? You know, I'm not sure everybody in this country and even everybody in authority right now likes this book. So you better get one before they mess with it too much and start changing things in it to match their agenda. There's some scriptures in this book right here people hate. <clears throat> Jesus put it like this. He said, he says, the world hates me because I testify that its works are evil. Now, if you want to be popular, don't follow Jesus <laughs> with the world. If you want to be popular with the world, don't be a believer. The Bible says if you do this thing called Christianity right, the world will hate you like it hated him. It's not our goal. I hate that that has to happen. But the matter of fact, you know, the, the way it is, is that if we really follow Jesus in this dark world, not everybody's going to like you. Not all your family is going to like you when you go all the way with Jesus. Amen. But does it really matter what people think since they didn't die for us? Come on, who opened the door so you could live forever in heaven? People or Jesus? Jesus did. He needs to be our number one concern. What does he think about my life? What does he think about me? That's the big deal. So Genesis 13, let's go back to that. God had to get Abraham seeing something. So read it again. It said in verse 15, God said, All the land which you see, to you will I give it, and to your children forevermore. All right? And then he had him walk through this whole area and look at it. In verse 17, Arise and walk through the land and the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto you. And it talks about how Abraham started seeing himself the way God saw him. A father of many nations, the inheritor of all this land of Israel. And it happened. But notice what God had to deal with before God could bring it to pass. What he saw. Now turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Turn a couple books to the right. Moses just went to heaven. Now Joshua's got the responsibility of finishing the task that Moses started, bringing the people into the promised land. And so God's talking to Joshua here. Joshua's in prayer about this, and, and the Lord's speaking unto him. Look in, are you there in Joshua 6? Look at verse 1. Joshua 6, 1. The Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up, and Jericho was a city that they were supposed to conquer, and there's giants in that city, enemy giants. Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. 
Now look at verse 2. Very interesting. And the Lord said unto Joshua. What's the next word? Now what? Why, what? 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 Joshua, see, they haven't, they haven't gone into Jericho yet. They haven't taken the city yet. What's God's instruction to Joshua? Number one, see something. How important is it to wait on the Lord long enough in prayer to you see something? His plan for your life. His blessing spoken over your life. See what? The Lord said, Joshua, see. See what? That I've given into your hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. See. Before you go conquer Jericho, see yourself conquering Jericho. Because God said to. Now again, you can just dream up stuff that God didn't tell you. That's not what we're talking about. But if God said something to you, what should you do? See it right in here. Pray over it. Think about it. If it's healing that you need for your body, find those healing scriptures and see yourself healed because of what God said. See it. Build it on the inside of you. Don't just know it. Let these sayings sink down into your ears, into your heart. See, I have given you the land. See, I have given you. See, I have. So Joshua would go, okay, uh, okay, before I can see it, I got to see it. Why? Because out of your heart flows the forces of life. The greatest forces in life are spiritual. And most people are not even using their spiritual potential because all they have been taught is they're a mind and they have a body. Mind and mud. Mind and mud. No, you are a spirit made in the image and likeness of God. You have a mind and you live in a body. This is Bible teaching. We're three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body, not just soul and body. There's a difference between the spirit and the soul. The spirit is the inward man that has a mind, a will, and emotions, and then you live in a body. And we're talking about stirring up our spiritual potential today and seeing the next 12 months be amazing for the glory of God. <laughs> Anybody excited about that? So go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs chapter 29. What would you like to see in the next 12 months happen in your life? Is that a good question? What would you like to see? Well, I would suggest <clears throat> you write down what you'd like to see because if you don't write it down, you're not real serious about doing what it takes to come, for it to come to pass. Writing it down is like a, a first step to seeing those things come. Did you know, come to pass, did you know that the building you're in right now and the land that you're sitting on right now was all only on a piece of paper a few years ago? And no money in the bank either. How I many know it doesn't take any money to dream? Come on, you can start these juices flowing and be broke. <laughs> because it doesn't cost anything to plan. It doesn't cost anything to cut out pictures and put it on your vision board or your vision wall. It doesn't cost anything to plan. I like to say this. In prayer, dream as if all things were possible because they are to them that believe. Now, there's a scripture. Um, I think it's in <clears throat> Psalm 107. Yes, I think it's in Psalm 107. 
King David was talking about this. He's talking about all these people that were just reeling and rocking on the oceans and, and just waves and storms and all these problems happening in the deep waters and all going through all this stuff. But then it says they cried unto the Lord. The Lord saved them out of their distresses. And he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And you read a couple of verses later, it says all these people had all these struggles. He brings them to their desired haven. God likes us, likes helping us get to our desired haven. And I thought this scripture here in Joshua was amazing. Then this one in Proverbs 29. So look at this scripture in Proverbs 29 on Vision Sunday. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Y'all looking up on the screen? Look here, it says, where there is no vision, life's a little uncomfortable. A uh, little stronger than that. <laughs> Where there's no vision, uh, things aren't that good. No, actually, it's way more serious. Where there's no vision, people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. <clears throat> how important is it, how important is it to see beyond what is happening to what could happen? Could we say uh, life or death? Perish? Where there's no vision, people perish. What does that mean? If you ain't got nothing to look forward to, you start shutting down. We prepared for Vision Sunday on Wednesday night, which is very, very, very important for today to be as successful as it needs to be. I'm going to go over some of the things we shared on Wednesday. But... I have heard, being a pastor for 35 years, that more than once that when people decided to check out early, the notes they left behind had a lot to do with just no vision, no purpose. Nobody needs me. Nobody likes me. I have nothing to do in life. That's wrong. There is not one, in, there's not one person on this planet that's not valuable. And I mean very valuable. Hmm? If, you ever have, if you ever have a question about your value, just remember this. We have it on a little hope note out there. What do you think you're worth? Well, God thinks you're worth the death of his son. And if you're the only one on earth that needed a savior, he still would have came to this earth, died on a cross, went to hell, and rose from the dead just for you. So next time you think you're not worth anything, God doesn't send his son to die for people that aren't worth anything. You are very, you're more valuable than all the gold and the silver. The Bible says there's not enough gold or silver in the universe to buy you. You're so precious. It took the precious blood of Christ to buy you out of what the devil plunged you into. And if you'll receive Jesus, you can come out of all that stuff because the price has been paid. What do you think you're worth? I'm worth the death of God's son. People may not agree with that, but who cares? They didn't die for you. Jesus did. So how important is it to see beyond what is happening to what could and should be happening, life or death? Having a vision is not just for rich entrepreneurs. It's for everybody that doesn't want to perish. Can I get a witness? <clears throat> now in Habakkuk chapter 2, I want you to turn to the right. Habakkuk or Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Does anybody know the true pronunciation? Sean, you are the teacher of teachers. 
That's, it's Jewish. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Good name for your next child, parents. <laughs> Maybe not. Now, I encourage you, all you Christians in here, to read this book before you get to heaven. Because you don't want to get to heaven and Habakkuk come up to you and say, did you read my book? And you go, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm kidding. But Habakkuk chapter 2, the prophet is talking in verse 1. He said, I will stand upon my watch. He's in prayer. I'll set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what God will say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets or tables or video, all right, or on Word document. Write the vision, make it plain on tables that he may run that reads it. One of the reasons we need to write our visions down and what we see the next 12 months with God's help accomplishing, one of the reasons you want to write it down is so you have more spring when you wake up in the morning. And you're not just existing, you're, you're, you're moving forward with life. You've got a vision, you've got a plan. These things are real. God didn't lie. I'm coming up in health. I'm coming up in prosperity. I'm going to be more influential for good. See, the clearer your vision is, the more you're ready to run with it. And if other people are called to help you with that vision and they see the vision, they'll run with you in it. Why do we need to write the vision down? To have the motivation to run. Some things you need, you need to be ex excited enough about to run with. Well, I'm just not the running type. Well, really, you just need a bigger vision. Anybody will run if the vision's big enough. Right? Right? If the vision's strong enough, it'll put spring in anybody's step. Well, it's just not my personality. Well, it just might have to be a little bigger. God can do something to get you wanting to run. And so here's the thing now. He said... I, I was praying, I stood upon my watch, and I'm waiting to see what the Lord's going to say to me, and the Lord spoke to him. And God said, it's not good enough that you heard it. Oh, Write it down. Yeah. Write it down. Why? Because you're going to need remembrance of it when you feel like sleeping extra long, giving up, not doing what it takes to reach it. You better write it down, make it clear. I encourage people when it comes to your vision list, get pictures that complement what you wrote down. God told Abraham to look at something in the natural to get stirred up about what he wanted for him. You may have to put some pictures of things in the natural to get stirred up about what you know God wants for you because you've got scriptures that promise you those things. Pictures. You know, people have vision boards in our church. How many of you went to the Saturday meeting and got your vision board? Raise your hand. Did you go that Saturday? You got your vision boards. So you guys got... I have a vision wall. I'm wearing a new house right now and the pictures aren't fully up yet. But the board was just a little small for me. <laughs> so I have a vision wall. Um, and you know what? L let me just say this. Let me break into this right here. This little card that you all took the last couple weeks is preparing for Vision Sunday called Write the Vision based on this scripture right here. Habakkuk heard from God and wrote down what God said so that he wouldn't forget it. Human beings have this interesting potential to forget. Here's the cool thing. 
whether you realize it or not, we have all greatly heard from God about many things in our life. And what we need to do is find out what God already said in this book, write down what he said on a personal piece of paper concerning the things that we need or desire in the next 12 months because he's already spoken. This is the word of the Lord. He spoke to us. Prophets and holy men of God wrote down what the Lord spoke to people. It's here. You have a record of the word of God to you. So you can find scriptures and then write those scriptures on a piece of paper and what you're believing for next to those scriptures. For instance, let's say you want a house and you want a house paid for. Does God care about that part of your life? Is he a good father? Is a house the most important thing in life? No. But it's not non-important either. There's scripture after scripture after scripture in the Bible that promises us houses owned by us, paid for filled with good things. Not just one scripture, lots of them. So there's a scripture in Psalm 112 that says, if you delight yourself in the Lord's commandments and you're a worshiper and a praiser of God, the Bible says, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Your children will be powerful on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Talking about grandkids. And wealth and riches shall be in your house. There's a scripture right there that you could write down on a vision list and say, you know what? I'm believing in the next 12 months that my house is getting paid for or half of my mortgage is being paid or a quarter of my mortgage, 30-year mortgage, is being paid for in 12 months, wherever your faith is. I wanted to share this with you. When it comes to writing things down on your vision list, how do I want to say this, Lord? Be realistic but according to all things are possible to him that believes. And according to your ability to believe. I put it like this. Look beyond what you can do for yourself. Well, if I just saved a little more here and saved a little more there, I could do this. So I'm going to put that on my vision list. I encourage you to go a little farther than that. Go beyond what you can do so where you need God's help to see some of these things come to pass. Go beyond what you can do. But at the same time, uh, Look only as far as you have faith to receive. All right? Look beyond what you could do by yourself, but look only as far as you have faith to receive. In other words, somebody, well, I'm going to put $10 trillion on my vision list that I receive in the next 12 months. Well, I'm just going to guess, but you're probably a little beyond your faith. Now you're just only in wishing. And vision lists don't manifest in your life because of wishing for things. This is not Aladdin's lamp. This is faith in God and things he said. This is real business to get in our lives the things we know he wants us to have. And, and you need to realize this. He wants you to have a lot of nice things and they're not just for you. God's going to want you to give some of those things away, but you can't give them if you didn't believe him in. Everything on my vision list doesn't mean I'm going to have all my life. I may have some powerful opportunities to minister to other people these things that I'm believing for. And I know one of the things the Lord spoke to me about concerning this year's Vision Sunday is that we need to take more serious this year, even than in years past, 
about things on our vision list coming to pass in the next 12 months, partly because we're not too sure what the future holds. Um, I can show you a lot of scriptures to verify that turbulent times are ahead. Might want to get ready while the times are good. And you know one of the best ways to be ready for the future? Be a constant giver right now. Because the economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. Stock market might crash. Your job might dissolve. Everything might change in the natural. But if you've been a giver and you've been a tither, you're operating in a system beyond this world's system. And that system never has recession. God's system never crashes. The, uh, the economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. I encourage people, have lots of seed in the ground in this time. And if you're going to believe God for anything, believe God for seed to sow. There are some things that I don't know if working and earning will fix with the amount of time that we have, maybe before things get a little turbulent. I mean, the last days, difficult times will come. But the church can claim victory, can live above it, and you can have tons of seed in the ground and lots of harvest coming back to you because that's not contingent upon anything in the natural realm. So... Are you all following me here? It's Vision Sunday. So we're going to get to our vision list in just a minute. So this card, we basically said three things, and then there's a couple sub-things under each one of these things. We basically encouraged you uh, in days gone by to sit down and take time with your spouse and children, if you have them, to check your heart and talk about these three areas. Number one, what do you desire to give into the kingdom of God this year? Now, it really helps out if you knew what you gave last year so you can tell if you're increasing or decreasing or staying the same. You know, management of what is already coming into our life is a biblical principle. It's a biblical uh, important lifestyle if you really want to prosper in certain areas of your life. We need to be pretty smart on budgeting. We need to be... Uh, 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 aware of what's coming in, where it's going, where, when it went out. These things are all a part of knowing the state of your flock. Right? The Bible talks about knowing the state of your business. And so if you, don't, if you don't like that kind of stuff, well, again, you can call the office. I'm sure we can help direct this. Somebody help you with the budget, help you understand these things. But we like to keep a track on our tithing and our giving so that we know next year what we want to increase to. If it was 14% this year, we may want to go to 16% this year. If we gave 16% of our income away last year, we want to go to 18 or 19% this year. Whatever's on our heart as we talk about these things. The reason we like to put this first is because when God's first, everything else has his supernatural help on it. You know what I mean? The second thing we're going to talk about and the third thing we're going to write down, those things fall under the umbrella of God's first. And friend, when God's first, 
Everything else in your life has his supernatural blessing on it. And that's why we put giving on the top of our vision list, what we want to give into the kingdom of God this year. And so we have a, we have a, a desire to do that. So we're talking about that. We're, we're praying. We're believing. Lord, what do you want us to give this year? What can we really believe for? We're going to stretch some. We don't want to just keep it. We're going to stretch some. I guess I'd rather shoot really high and get half of it than to shoot really low and get all of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so we're writing down what we want to give to the kingdom. There's some, there's some days in the year coming up that I want to give chunk offerings in. We have a section Sunday come up. We want to take care of one whole $85,000 section in one Sunday. And we want to build up toward that. So we're putting something on our vision list for that section Sunday in July. I think it's July 11th. I'm not sure. But in July, section Sunday, we're all going to believe God. We're going to save up a little. Get, this is beyond every week what's coming in. And then we want to take care of one whole section that building payoff in one Sunday morning. I mean, $85,000 to a congregation as large as ours, that's, that's easy. Oh, come on, one amen. <laughs> come on, do I need to tell you how amazing you are and how great you are? We are a great people. We have great power. And so that's, a, and we, we, there's other meetings we go to throughout the year. We want to take big checks and given to those ministries and given to those meetings. So that's on our vision list. That's something we want on our vision. It's going to be on our vision list. So what do you desire to give into the kingdom of God this year? Number two, write down on your vision list what you owe. Because it's time to believe God and to get a vision of getting out of debt. Now some of the things we put on our vision list in years gone by have rolled over year by year because they weren't fully accomplished in the year that we declared it, but we're not going to give up. We're going to let it roll over into this year. So some of the things on last year's vision list have rolled over to this year. Praise God, a lot of the balances are way lower now, but we're believing God for payoff. Not just payments, but payoffs. Put that on your vision list. The Bible talks about God's people should not have to borrow. They can lend to many, but not have to borrow. That's where we need to be believing for. The Bible says, don't owe, man, owe no man anything but to love one another. And so really getting out of debt is a blessing. It puts us in a better position to help people, support the work of God, be more free to go anytime the Lord tells us to go, do whatever he tells us to do. Right? I mean, wouldn't it be cool? God says, hey, um, I'd like you to pack up for two weeks and go to Romania and help the Aikens. Well, Lord, I've got bills, and I've got this, and I've got that, and yeah, I know. So I guess I'll have to find somebody who's got a little more freedom than you. How many think it would be nice to be totally free, to go anywhere, do anything for the Lord when he says so? It's wonderful. And number three on the vision list, okay, number one is what, what's our giving goals into the kingdom of God this year? Number two getting out of debt. So write down everything you owe, large or small, write it down, the principal, the interest rate, payment, etc. So you know where you're at and you know what to believe for and you can track progress as the money comes in. Number three, what would you like to have or do personally if price or cost was not a factor? This is the part where you want to just dream in prayer as if all things were possible. Again, don't go beyond your faith just into wishing, but go beyond what you could do if you just tightened up a few things here and there. Put something on the list that you're going to need God's help for. Something that you really believe you can stretch into seeing happen. 
in the next 12 months. That's important because you want to make sure that you have that on your vision list as well because this, let's face it, God says that he wants to give us richly all things to enjoy. So let's please him by letting them help us in that area as well. So turn to John 15. We're not quite done yet. Turn to John 15. I want to show you a couple more scriptures and then we're going to take our vision lists and we're going to hold them up in the air and we're going to pray and agree together. Now, I am going to say I'm sorry for not maybe preparing the church enough for today. And with that apology, I would also like to say this. If you forgot this was Vision Sunday or if you're a visitor and you didn't have any idea this was Vision Sunday or for some other reason you don't have a vision list today, because of the power of what we're about to do, I want to give all of you one more shot at this next week during the offering. We won't take as long as I'm taking now. This is the whole service. Next week, it'll just be a few minutes during the offering. We're going to ask anybody who didn't bring a vision list, wished you would have or didn't know or forgot, bring those vision lists next week, and we'll do the exact same thing with you, and we'll all agree together that these vision lists are going to come to pass in the next 12 months. And the reason we wanted to do this on a vision, because see, everything I'm telling you here, you can do on your own. You can do at home. But I got to thinking about it. What if everybody was believing with everybody for the things on their list to come to pass? Now it's not just you believing for your list to come to pass, me believing for my list to come to pass. We're all believing that all our lists are going to come to pass. Multiplied faith... We'll have great forthcoming results. We need to use our, our group potential at times, our mutual faith. And that's why we're doing this on Sunday, not just in our, our own homes. So in John 15, look here in John 15. And I want to show you something about what we're about to do in releasing our faith in prayer. Jesus said in verse 7, John 15, 7, if you talking to you personally and me. If you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Say this right now. I am so excited about what I just read. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. What's the qualifier? Well, if you're saved, you've got to be saved, right? If you abide in him. And his words abide in you. When his words are abiding in you, you know how to pray. I didn't know how to pray for many years of my life. I didn't know how to pray. I just thought you just pray for whatever you need, pray for whatever you want. No, this scripture says you pray according to what he said. But if you don't know what he said, how can you have an effective prayer life? This is why we read one chapter a day as a church, Monday through Friday. Been doing it for years. Been through the Old Testament three or four times. Been through the New Testament five or six times. Right now we're in the Old Testament book of Psalms and finishing up the book of Psalms. Join us in this chapter today because if you're never reading the will, you're not going to know what his will is for your life. This is the New Testament. Old Testament, New Testament. It's the will. Testament means will. What's God's will concerning your health? Well, he wants you healthy, but you got to find scriptures so when you pray, you have more than just what the preacher said. You saw it for yourself. By his stripes I was healed. Christ has redeemed me from sickness and disease. He took my infirmities. Write that down on your vision list 
it, that would be a different one than this. This is more for practical, everyday, you know, financial things. But whatever you need from the Lord, if His words are abiding in you, Jesus said, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. Oh my! Ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You just got to find scriptures. Mm, 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 mm. So one more scripture before we close. Go to Mark chapter 11. So if his words abiding in us is going to help us to get 100% answers to our prayers, no wonder you're distracted at times from listening to your preacher. Because if those words get in you, your prayer life soars. Are you listening to me, church? Amen. Come on, no wonder there's pressure at times. Did you ever wonder why there's sometimes so many distractions from going to church, reading your Bible, and praying? Duh! The enemy knows if those words ever get abiding in you, you're going to be able to ask whatever you want, and Jesus Christ said it'll be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, prayer fruit, get answers. Oh, do you ever wonder why at times there's so many distractions from reading your Bible, praying, going to church? Well, because if you ever get those words on the inside of you, you're going to be a whiz at praying. <laughs> you're going to be an expert at praying and getting results. So in Mark chapter 11, so we'll, we'll close with this scripture here and then we'll go ahead and lift up our vision list, those that brought them. Um... This right here, what we're going to read here, is some of the gr greatest words and teachings on faith and prayer that you will ever find in the entire Bible. Jesus himself taught these words. And when you, if what I'm about to read to you sounds crazy, just say, no, that's not crazy, that's Jesus. Okay? So look at verse 22. And he's talking to people just like you and me. He goes beyond just talking to his disciples in this word, whosoever. Verse 22, Jesus answering and said unto them, Have faith in God. See that? That's red letters. Jesus continues here. He says, For truly I say unto you. In other words, your brain's probably not going to believe this. But truly I say unto you that whosoever, say I'm a whosoever, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, or we could say obstacle or problem or anything, because if you can do this to a mountain, then you can get results in other areas. Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, mountain be removed, depression get out of my life, tumor leave my body. I know you're thinking right now, think, wait, wait, Pastor, wait, 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 stop, stop, you're blowing my mind. Well, maybe your mind needs blown. Maybe there's cobwebs in there. Maybe we need to get them blown out of there, right? No, no, church, listen. He's saying, whoever says to this mountain, mountain be removed, be cast into the sea. If that person doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Who said that? Oh, you know, just the King of kings and Lord of lords, creator of all things, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, the resurrection and the life, Lamb, Lamb of God, Lion of the tribe of Judah, right, Morning Star? Who said this? the greater one. And you know why this goes over a lot of people's heads? Because they're just not close enough to God and they're not close enough to these scriptures. Because most people on this planet, including three quarters of the church world, thinks they're only human. 
How can you be only human when God said you're created in his image and his likeness? He's not human, and you're part of him. Yes, you are human, but you're not only human. We need to come up. I mean, the devil, this world has held us such, at a, such a low level in life that we have not even tapped into close to what the Lord provided for us. Jesus said, if you say a thing with your mouth and you believe in your heart that thing will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. Positive or negative. That's why I don't say a bunch of things I used to say before I learned these things. Jesus, and some of these things happen over time. If you keep saying something and believing something in accordance with what you're saying over time, Jesus said you will eventually have whatever you say. Proverbs says you are snared by the words of your mouth and you are taken captive by the words of your mouth. Don't even have the devil to blame that problem on. We need to realize these. You know what makes you different than an animal? Animals can't speak and they can't release faith when they speak. You and I can. That's why we're made in the image and likeness of God. And we need to get a revelation that we're not only human. Jesus has empowered us. Yeah, these things sound crazy if you're not close to God and you're not reading scriptures. They used to sound crazy to me. But then I got saved and realized these things aren't crazy. I was crazy. Thinking I'm just low little worm. We have to deal with this lie. And our parents, there's no school that can override your influence on your kids. If you're doing this thing called Christianity right, there is no school that can override your influence on your kids. You need to let your kids know. And this really disturbs me because even the university and the colleges, they're just, they're messed up in some of these areas. I mean, people are, are still trying to promote this theory of evolution. It's such a cut to the fatherhood of God. It's such a cut to scriptures. I mean, if you really want to know the truth... From the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day, to where man is today, and all the messes and problems and crazy instincts and messed up thinking and perversion. If you want to know the truth about it, man has devolved, not evolved. From the Garden of Eden, walking with God in the cool of the day, naming all the animals, having access to the stars the book of Psalms talks about, to where man is today in its fallen state. People say, well, we're evolving. We're, man has devolved from being God's pal in the Garden of Eden, hand in hand, walking in the cool of the day, to walking in all kinds of crazy darkness and stuff today. Man has devolved. Evolution is unbiblical. It's a lie. And it destroys people's self-confidence and self-esteem. And then we have all these kids with terrible self-esteem and self-confidence problems because of teaching evolution. Well, yeah, well, your ancestor is goo. <laughs> At the best, an ape. Uh, newsflash. Apes can't talk, can't believe, never could, never can, and never will. We can. No connection. Yeah, of course, there's similar things in the physical body. We all came from the earth. But when it comes to the real you, the spirit man on the inside, you and an animal have nothing in relation. <laughs> Amen. 
So don't, 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 we're, we are made in the image and likeness of God. And that's why Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Jesus is teaching us how to get results like our Father God gets results. Believing a thing in your heart and saying it with your mouth. Don't worry if you don't get all this in this half hour. All right, don't, don't. I would encourage you, keep coming to church. Keep reading your chapter a day. Keep reading the Bible. These things will become more and more clear to you. Now, I personally don't think we'll ever need to remove a mountain in this life. It's kind of one of those powers of the world to come. But isn't it cool to, to know you have the power if you ever did need that kind of power? I don't think we'll ever need that kind of power in this life. But the Lord's just like, he gives us more than enough. Actually, I have a book at home. It's actually on vision therapy. Eyesight, you know, it interests me. How to improve your eyesight naturally and all this, eye exercises and all that. In this book, by, written by these four medical doctors, it's just a secular worldly book. They have a thing in there under one of the exercises. It's called aversion therapy. It's where you just kind of get mad and take your old pair of glasses, throw them down, say, I'll not have to wear these anymore. My eyes are improving. You smash your old pair of glasses, make sure it's your old pair. <laughs> <laughs> And say, I, I, I claim my vision getting better. In this book, listen, in this book, listen. And this may sound strange, but you're more powerful than your world's been telling you, okay? In this book, these doctors said, studies of cancer patients have shown that spontaneous remission occurs most often in patients that curse and revile their tumors. Interesting. Sponta spontaneous remission of cancer occurs most often in patients who curse and revile their tumors. In other words, you're not just a victim. You really are who Jesus said you are. Even the medical field is finding this out. It's been uh, revealed thousands of years ago, but they're tapping into it now through research and studies and all this. Did you know if there's something wrong with your body, you can speak to that thing and say, stop it. Why would we think that's weird? When if something's wrong with our body, people go, they call that part of their body stupid. Or their car messes up and they call it a piece of junk. Well, I don't believe in speaking to things. You speak to things all the time in the negative. <laughs> oh, this piece of junk, blah, 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 blah. Well, that ain't going to help it. Cursing a car that's already in trouble ain't going to help it. <laughs> you might want to go, car, you're blessed. You may not be running right right now, but you're blessed. And I'm going to have the money to fix you because God supplies all my need. Everything's going to be all right. Devil's not going to get me to complain about this. I praise you, Father. This situation is going to be fixed because you love me and you're helping me. Now you're going to get somewhere. How many of you want it to be really, really uncomfortable for the devil to hang around your house? Can I tell you how to do that? There, there are places he doesn't want to hang out. Let, let me tell you a, pl a place the devil doesn't want to hang out. Where somebody's constantly praising God. Where you sing at times, 
about the precious blood of Christ saving you from your sins, all of them. You want to make it real uncomfortable for the devil to hang around your house? Be really nice and walk in love all the time. You want to make it real uncomfortable for the devil and demons to come around your house? Have Bible studies all the time about how Jesus is victorious. Satan is defeated. By his Jesus stripes we were healed. Just make sure the atmosphere in your house is very uncomfortable for the devil to hang around. Because if there's any demons assigned to your house, you know, to bring temptations and lies, they're going to ask their boss, Satan, for a transfer. <laughs> because they don't like being around you. They don't like the atmosphere. Because when they're around you, all they're hearing is about the blood of Jesus, the anointing of God, the forgiveness of God, the love of God, the blessings of God. So, next verse, and we'll close. Verse 24. Jesus said, because of these principles of saying with your mouth and believing with your heart, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, Jesus said, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Real simple. Real, real simple. You ready? When you pray, you got to believe you receive something before you feel it. Before you visibly see it. You see it in here, but before you see it out here, you got to believe it in here. Come on, basically what Jesus is saying here is when you pray, when you pray, right at that moment, you believe you receive what you ask for. And now that the transaction has been made, you're expecting something to show up that's already yours. We just moved, bought a few things online. Things are still being delivered to the house. And very interesting, because I look at ordering these things like prayer, not ordering from God, but just finding scriptures of things he already wants us to have, saying, Lord, you said, saying, you know, here, Lord, this is my request. Thank you, Lord. Right? I look at prayer as like what we've ordered. We've ordered things, you know, Wayfair, Amazon, whatever, Home Depot. Interesting thing. After we ordered the thing we ordered, we never even had the thought to order it again. Why? Because we believe the word of somebody we don't even know. Person could be a Satan worshiper all we know. But we're believing they're going to send what we paid for. Okay, so we have that much faith in a person we don't even know. In a world that's fallen right? All have sinned. Potential to lie. But we're believing that somebody we don't even know is going to keep their word and ship us what we already bought. That's like prayer. When you go to God in prayer and you have scriptures that promise you those things and you've got them on your vision list, you know, like, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and like wealth and riches shall be in my house, right? When, when you find scriptures and, and God gives us richly all things to enjoy, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart, etc., etc. When you have scriptures and you have those requests down and you say, Father, I'm coming to you formally with this formal written petition, Asking that these things on this vision list come to pass in my life, preferably in the next 12 months. And they say, Father, I thank you for your word. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Transaction complete. Why would I order it again? Why would I pray for the same thing again? 
The only reason I would is if I didn't believe he heard me the first time. That's why I hope you did some preparation. I hope you took some time. Personally, my time was squeezed. I was pressed this last week. I did not spend even close to the amount of time I wished I would have spent to get ready for Vision Sunday. But I got something. And there is always next week. We won't take a whole service next week, but if you want to get in on the Vision Sunday, lifting up your vision list, then you might want to right now just determine, I am not going to get distracted from making out my vision list because next Sunday during the offering, I'm going to hold mine up and agree with everybody else for these things to come to pass. So Carla, if you'd come up at this time, can I ask for a show of hands? Well, actually, how many of you brought your vision list? Just raise it in the air. Can I see your vision list? Good. That may be a third of us, maybe close to half of us. Um, and this really isn't something you want to rush, so don't just make one up real quick right now. Well, we'll do this again next week, and we'll agree in the future that that list will be blessed too with this prayer today. But this is our, we, we did what Habakkuk said, write the vision, make it plain that he may run that reads it. So the, it's right here. The vision is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it, it will surely come. It will not tarry. So if you would, please, at this time, and if you don't have a vision list, we'd like you to stand up with us up in the balcony. Please join us. If you don't have a vision list, that's okay. God knows what that list is going to be. And so we're going to agree with you that that list is also going to be taken care of. And if you'd like to physically do this next week during the offering, I know there'll be a group of people we'll lift up and we'll agree, we'll lift our hands with you, and we'll bring you into total agreement with what we're doing right now. So I have actually... Um, three lists in my hands. One is for the church, and there's some things in the future of this church, guys. Big time. End time stuff. I mean, a lot of people need reach today, so we've got some pretty big stuff on this vision list, and we'll be going over some more of these things with the staff as well. But if you've got your vision list at this time, what we're going to do is we're going to pray this prayer. We're going to lift this up according to Mark 11:24. Make known our desire. We're going to pray. We're going to believe we receive some things at this moment. And don't remember, if you don't have a vision list, that's okay. I'm taking blame for that. I probably should have prepared more for this. I don't know if the word got out enough. I started a little bit too late. But you have another whole week, and we'll bring in on this formally as well. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that there's nothing that your word does not have an answer for. And right now, Lord, we lift up these vision lists. And those that will be lifted up next week even, as we will vocalize some things next week. And Father, we took some time. We found scriptures. We wrote down what we believe that we need to see in our lives. Not just for us, but things that would make us a bigger blessing to other people. Things that would help us to be bigger givers. Things that would help us to relieve burdens and help people in their hurt times. And we lift up these lists, Father God. And we come together as a church. I, I'm not just believing for me only, and they're not just believing for them only. We're all believing for each other today. That the things that are written on these lists will surely come to pass. That you would be glorified in it and through it all. That you would bring us up, Father, in, as people into higher levels of influence for good, for love. Lord, together, we believe these things to come into our lives. For now, for the future. Maybe for some things we don't even know why we need them yet, but they're on the list, and we believe when we do get them, we'll know why we needed them. And so, Father, together right now, we pray. We desire to see these things come to pass 
for your glory. And so we can be even a greater help to those around us and walk in even more joy in Jesus' name. So, Father, what we desire is that you would help us to stand strong, to be good recipients of all that we've written down, to understand faith and love, and to work these things out for your glory. We believe right now, Father, that we receive these things, and you said we shall have them. Now, church, I'd like you to say this with me. Heavenly Father, we desire that everything on these lists, the one in my hand, and those around me, and those online, we desire for all these things to come to pass, to become ours right now, by right of the family, and in Jesus' name, we believe we receive them. And now we thank you for them. Transaction complete. It shall be, even as it was told me. Thank you, Jesus, for a wonderful, glorious next 12 months. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just shout a little bit like it's already happened. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How about just a woo? <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 